1: Welcome to Is It My ADHD, the podcast about what it really feels like to have attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. I'm Grace Timothy and I'm a writer and I wasn't diagnosed with ADHD until I was 37. I'd struggled with traits I now know to be ADHD all my life, but it wasn't until a routine hearing appointment with a doctor who happened to have ADHD himself that these traits were pieced together and it was suggested that I get referred for an assessment. Had it not been for that random moment with an audiologist, I'd still be undiagnosed now and still struggling, just like the two million women thought to have undiagnosed ADHD in the UK today. I want to better understand what ADHD feels like for women and non-binary people, in whom ADHD is so often missed, thanks to the fact that the diagnostic criteria and research is all heavily skewed to the white male case study. I've therefore spoken to some incredible women about how ADHD affects their lives Exploring everything from friendship and work to dating and self-esteem. I've also pulled in some experts along the way to help us tackle the big questions from you and from my guests. Is it my ADHD when I ghost old friends, for example? Is it my ADHD when I break the photocopier at work? And is it my ADHD when I share nudes on Instagram? My hope is that we can spread awareness of ADHD in women and non-binary people and that you'll find some comfort in knowing you're far from being alone because with the right support, we can be truly amazing. Today, I'm talking about exercise and sport with model and campaigner Sharifa Jay. ADHD is actually incredibly common amongst elite athletes, and yet for the majority of sufferers, it makes it doubly hard to perform. I was 37 when it was first suggested I might have ADHD, so I obviously went straight to Google to see what kind of company I was in. I landed on an article about how common ADHD is in athletics. So Simone Biles, Michael Phelps, Nicola Adams, Louis Smith and Shaquille O'Neal are all in the club. And so then I thought perhaps everyone had been wrong about my diagnosis after all. Because I cannot enjoy team sports. I can't throw or catch convincingly and I often fall over my uncooperative limbs. I struggle to follow instructions and routines and I have never, not once, got the promised endorphin rush to outweigh the nausea or boredom of running. Years of criticism from PE teachers obviously didn't help, and now I'm torn between wanting to live a long and healthy life and not wanting to spend a moment of it working out. Sharifa is one of the people who make me want to keep trying to find my thing, though. She is a model, mental health campaigner, presenter, and body positivity advocate. She was diagnosed with ADHD when she was 24 and shares helpful tips on dealing with her condition on her Instagram feed. So I wanted to ask her, how can we make exercise and sport work for an ADHD brain? Hi, Sharifa.
0: Hello. (laughs) How are you? Welcome to Is It My ADHD? So good. How are you? So good. Thank you. That was an amazing intro and it was nice to hear your story, but also really nice to hear the athletes, incredible athletes who also have ADHD. That excites me. I love when I hear stories about amazing people who also have share the ADHD title, because I think we've always been taught that it's a problem and an issue and a flaw and a failing. So when you hear like these incredible people that have ADHD too, it just sort of gives that little confidence boost. I don't know how you feel, but that's how it makes me feel anyway. So thank you. 100%. No, no,
1: 100% I feel that. I think the thing is that obviously we have massive strengths associated with ADHD and I always like to try and focus on that in like my own kind of management of it and when talking about it with like family and friends and stuff. But ultimately I think from my personal experience my strengths lie it kind of helps me with work and focus and stuff like that and like creativity and the imagination and those kind of things. But when it comes to sort of my body and its capabilities I feel like that's where I can't find the, the joy. Do you know what I mean? I feel like that's where I fi- I understand some of the things that I went through as a kid and as an adult in terms of movement and exercise may well have been informed by ADHD. So I, I sort of wondered, I suppose, what was school PE like for you?
0: <laughs> school PE was horrible. I hated it. I was a little fat kid. I was active because I loved roller skating and doing fun things and playing outside. But I think I got to a certain age when I was a kid where I did enjoy snacks and the sofa and I hated PE. I, hate, hate, I was not good at running. I wasn't good at any of the sports. I always felt really left out on sports day. I hated the clothes we had to wear. I think I always struggled with the what were those little short, those little like shorts and big oh, God, knickers? it's all <laughs>
1: like man-made fabrics, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. It's like all the stuff that makes you sweat essentially. Yeah. It's like, why would you put a kid in that and then make them run?
0: I was always uncomfortable. I remember always being uncomfortable. I've always been bigger for my age. So even, you know, I think I've, I'm have i very tall I'm almost six foot and I'm a size 18. And so my body has even when I've been not been a size 18, I've always been taller and bigger. So I've always worn bigger clothes. So I just remember not fitting into my age group clothes and just, I just hated it. It just wasn't for me. And then when we do swimming, the swimming hat would never fit over my Afro hair. And I remember them putting talcum powder on my hair. and It was actually quite difficult. So it's interesting that I've gotten to where I, where I am now, like having just ran my first marathon, the London marathon last year and, taken part in like open water swim challenges and super sprint triathlons. Um, I sometimes surprise myself because I'm like, who is this person? But um, I think my mentality has really shifted.
1: Well, and and how much of that do you think is to do with the people around you? Because I think like, obviously, maybe we both had that experience of school PE of like, you know, not being taught maybe in the way that suits our brains. I know that there's a lot of kind of evidence now that that kind of rejection sensitivity disorder can really kick in young from just a couple of comments from, you know, people in power, as it were, you know, do you think maybe that there's a a shift when you have taken on the role of like informing yourself as to how you should do it rather than being told by a teacher, this is the narrow margin in which you need to perform?
0: Absolutely. I think with ADHD, (laughs) it's, it's quite hard to, um, get myself to do certain things sometimes. I mean, I have color-coded calendars, lists and alerts and like all these different things to make sure that I stay on task, but I think I one thing I've always struggled with is sort of being told you have to sometimes I have loads of energy at one point and another time I'll have no energy. <laughs> so when someone's like you have to do this thing now, so like PE, I remember it being like a strict hour or something and it's like okay, get changed and I'd always get changed slowly and so I've always struggled doing things on other people's schedules I think that I've always had to gear myself up to do things and so when I do my own challenges and I guess like I can manage myself in a way that I know okay if I'm going out on a run on a Tuesday then here's how much time I'm going to need to prepare for it because I think I struggle with transitions which I believe is an ADHD thing. I've always struggled with transition. So get, you know, I'm the last person to get changed from a fitness class because it takes me a long time to get from the class to the, you know, like, and I, I go through the changing room and then I start chatting to people. And then, and then I, I'm faffing around with my clothes and people are like, Shreve, this is taking you an hour. And I'm like, well, that's because <laughs> that's my ADHD right there. And I, I remember that as a kid and I struggled because you had to, you know, PE was this much time. And so get your clothes on in 10 minutes and do this and do this. So I think that was my struggle. But now that I manage these things myself, I do things in my own time, at my own pace. And I make sure that I've got enough rest, you know, like the night before, like if I'm too tired, I can't really manage anything. So I think it's probably everyone, not just ADHD, people that deal with ADHD. But I don't know if I answered your question at all. Probably didn't. But...
1: (laughs) yeah no it totally did and I, I think the, the really interesting thing is like when I've explored this kind of with experts on ADHD the, the thing that keeps coming up is this kind of dysregulation of energy levels so that's really interesting that you know obviously when you're kind of self-motivated and doing your own thing and you you acknowledge what you need in order to perform rather than just being like sort of shoehorned into a situation where you need to you know run or whatever it is Um, I mean I, th- I think the energy levels thing is a clinical fact that we struggle due to the dopamine dips to have you know consistent energy through the day even if it is a case of sleeping really well the night before and eating all the right things and stuff it's still it's going to be an issue how do you deal with that now in terms of you know just kind of getting your get up and go for a big marathon or a swimming session
0: (laughs) Oh gosh. Um, or do you just sometimes go, it's not today? <laughs> <laughs> I I try my best to say it's not today, but I I think it's really important. I don't believe that exercise should be torture. I think you should enjoy it. If you don't enjoy it, don't do it. Do something, find something that you find fun. Like I will never understand people who follow fitness influencers who say, okay, like, uh, I don't know why they're all American, but they're going to all be American from now on. (laughs) Um, Okay. So you got to do this many reps for your glutes, and you got to do this and you got to do that. And they're following this boring gym workout. And they're like, I hate exercise. It's so boring. And I think, well, if you hate it, don't do it. Find something you actually like to do. And then you're going to want to wake up and do it. So for me, that's running challenges, cycling challenges, like all of that. I enjoy that. cycle classes but I absolutely hate you know some other I hate gym boring gym sessions and reps and like pushing weights I find it really dull so I think that's the first thing finding something you love it's much easier to stick to but also yeah being able to say today is a rest day I'm going to allow myself that space to rest if I need to rest there's certain things you can't control with ADHD like you said things like dopamine dips energy level shifts but there's some things you can control, like getting the right amount of sleep. You can have a good sleep hygiene routine to make sure you get a solid eight hours or six hours or whatever it is that you need as, a, as an individual. Getting Having a good breakfast, taking your medication if you're on medication, taking your medication at the same time every day. And I think once you get into a routine... Of doing that, you set yourself up for the best possible outcome. It might not always go perfectly, but that's what I've learned with ADHD over the years. The way to manage my symptoms is keeping structure, keeping routine, knowing what what's gonna make me have a really shit awful day and it's gonna give me a meltdown. Not eating, not sleeping, taking on too much work, not putting things in my calendar, which is sort of the same for probably neurotypical people as well. But I think with ADHD it's felt so much more on a much more intense level if you don't sleep or those things so I guess that's how I would manage it getting all your ducks in a row
1: yeah I mean like most things I think with ADHD it's about planning right so presumably you plan your exercise as part of your routine rather than just going oh I've got 10 minutes I'll quickly go and you know go on a rowing machine or something awful (laughs)
0: Exactly. I actually had, when I trained for the marathon, I actually had a marathon plan that didn't look like anyone else's marathon plan. And I sort of regret that because my marathon was very difficult, <laughs> but it was a big year long wall calendar. It was huge. It covered half of my bedroom wall. You could write on it with a uh, whiteboard markers. So I have this big whiteboard. It's like, you know, you've got the days of the week on there and the year. And, and what I would do is I have my set training days, but I'd give myself options on each day. So it'd be like Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then a rest and then a Sunday long one day normally. And in the midweek, it would be like Monday. You can run or you can cycle. Because running and cycling are kind of similar cardio. It's not obviously the same impact on your legs, but it's similar cardio. You can and then Tuesday, you can swim, or you can do hit, or you can go boxing. So I also felt like giving myself options on each day. And as long as I did one of those variables, it would still equal the same thing. The only thing I'd be really structured about was my long long run on Sunday, Sunday run day, because when you're training for a distance running like a marathon or a half marathon, you really need to get those long runs in. That's what's super important. But as long as you're doing like enough cardio interval sort of training in the week, then you should be good. That's sort of why I figured out. Although I had a terrible marathon, so don't listen to me. But (laughs) I I have tried this with other things when I did Ride 100, which was a hundred mile bike ride a couple of weeks ago. It was the same as well. I was quite, I gave myself flexibility within the structure. So if I'm not feeling like doing one type of activity or I know it's going to be boring for my brain that day, I'll do something different and that will interest me more because obviously ADHD is very interest based. Uh, syndrome? No. I don't even know. Syndrome.
1: Condition? I say condition because syndrome and sometimes. Yeah. But yeah, it's very interesting. Because it's it's very difficult, isn't it, to know what's negative and what's positive. I I think you might have just changed my entire life because (laughs) I always think of it as like, right, okay, well, I'm going to start running because that's the thing. And I'll be able to do that without, you know, it taking a lot of time. and, And I won't need anyone else to be in on that with me. And then that doesn't work out. And then I force myself to do something else for a month and it doesn't work. But actually that flexibility where you plan. So planning is really important. We know this. So plan the time you know, you have like a two hour session, maybe or whatever it is. But within that, the flexibility, oh my God, Sharifa, I think like that might be the secret. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh my God, quick, I need to go and swim somewhere. Um I feel like when that structure is too regimented and too enforced, it's like forced fun, isn't it? I My brain immediately is like, oh no, I don't want to do it. Like, let's see what happens if you rebel and don't do it. But if you've got that flexibility, And, you know, I mean, I I suppose how does accountability work for you? Like, is that a motivator, self-accountability? So
0: sorry, I didn't even explain my wall calendar properly. So I'd have the days, I'd have the activities on each of the days. And all I had to do was cross off one of those and cross off the day. And then I've given myself the, that is the accountability right there. Have I done something? It's not, have I done the perfect thing? It's just, have I done something that counts towards the big thing? And so I feel like where ADHD is very interest-based and it's hard to do things that don't stimulate you in the moment. I mean, I get incredibly bored if I'm not in the mood for something. So instead, it's about, I guess, leaning towards um, whichever activity is going to interest you enough to want to stick at it for 45 minutes or an hour or want to travel there on the train for half an hour and you know, spend three hours of your day doing it. So that's the sort of, yeah, and the accountability is on that chart and you cross it off and then you look, when I looked at the end of my year calendar, four months of marathon training, I had all these crossed off all the things I'd done and I, I could see it there visually in different colors. I, I'm obsessed with colors for ADHD. I think they're amazing. I have a color coded calendar. I use color highlights, color pens all the time. And it's really satisfying to see, okay, I've done all of that. And it's also a nice way to look at, I think it's, we're very, I think everyone, all of us are good at saying, I haven't achieved much. I, what have I even done this week? But actually seeing it right there in front of you, actually, no, this week I've been swimming. I've been been on two runs. I've done a hit class. And you know what? I've rested and I would add my rests in there as a tick because resting is also part of the process and people always have to remember that it's not just about going as hard as you can until you drop so yeah that's the accountability
1: the second series of is it my adhd is made possible by our sponsor to better days chronic pain and migraines are a well documented comorbidity of adhd it's something we often see within our community It is also an issue that, like ADHD, can be wildly difficult to pin down and find support for. 70% of those who experience chronic pain are women, and on average it takes more than seven years to obtain a diagnosis. Two Better Days is keen to support and empower the chronic pain community, not just with their drug-free pain relief patches for migraines and chronic pain, but by giving those affected a voice and really listening to understand the daily challenges of self-advocacy and effective pain management. Everyone's pain is different and complex, and to better days, don't overpromise. But their hope is that a patch you can pop in your pocket in case of a flare can ease your day. They have also given listeners of this podcast 10% off all products if you use the code GRACE10. Thank you so much, to better days. So I, firstly, colour coding, yes, I, after your tips on, I think it was on stories or something, I then went out and bought two sets hey. of color pens, which obviously in <laughs> itself was like a huge dopamine hit, because I was like, bang <laughs> for pens. It's been such a game changer in my diary to just keep colour coding, it's genius. But I just, oh my god, I honestly think you might have blown my mind. It's just these simple changes, isn't it, that acknowledges that your brain doesn't work in the standard way, and that actually punishing routines and punishing experiences and stuff don't will not motivate you to continue and to do it again do you like how did you find your your things that you love and the things that you hate did you literally just try everything and kind of you know
0: a couple of times each or something exactly I tried I try a lot of new things I've always been like that I think it's really important that you do that especially when it comes to activity because as that little fat kid, and I—I I use the word "fat" not in a derogatory way, but it, that was the way you would describe me because I was a little chubby kid. As a little chubby kid, who hated exercise, that little kid is all is still inside of me. I <laughs> think that little kid is still inside all of us, you know, unless you're naturally like super athletic or always been athletic. So I am very often convincing myself into these things, and. I just give everything a go and see what sticks because there's so much option, like exercise is limitless. Like you could just find any, you can do like, but I've seen pogo. Like you put these th- things on your feet, pogo f- feet sticks. What are they called? P- pogo shoes. <laughs>
1: Do you know what yes, I mean? I know what you mean. My kid really wants them. They're like yeah, they're like bounceable shoes, aren't they, essentially? Exactly. I can't remember what they're called.
0: So I've seen I've seen an exercise class where you put on the bounceable shoes and you stand on a trampoline and you and that is the exercise. Or you can do like silks or you can do things of all these different apparatus. I mean it's absolutely endless. And a lot of these things are You can do intro offers that are super cheap, like 15 days or 30 days. So you can give it a good go like that. So, you know, I think a lot of people say, well, I don't have the money, which I completely understand because some of these exercise classes are ridiculously overpriced, but you can generally find ones on ClassPass or MindBody or all these free trials. So, you know, I would definitely say like, utilize that. If you don't know what the right thing for you is, just give everything a go. And there will probably be something that you're like, ah this is my thing. Like, this is the thing that I love doing. And then you'll end up investing more time and energy there. And I think just getting your body moving more will actually encourage you to enjoy other types of exercise because that, it starts to get easier the more you do it. So
1: that's the thing, isn't it?
0: It's a cumulative
1: effect that you have to invest in to see the results. And I think I find that quite difficult because I want instant gratification. Otherwise, my yeah dopamine drops and then I'm on the floor kind of thing. What about kind of other people? So what about the community side of it for you? Like, does it help you to, you know, like whether it's a PT or a friend that you go running with, or, or are you better kind of just focusing on
0: yourself? Oh, I'm such a chatty hattie. I'm like, I absolutely love people. I think it's an ADHD thing. I think it's also a personality thing. But um, I think one of the symptoms of ADHD is excessive talking, isn't it? Yes, it is. <laughs> so I've definitely got that. Excessive talking, hyperactivity. So I've got all of those things, which sort of makes me the perfect candidate for any sort of club or like anything social. I gain a lot of energy from people. That's why I love presenting, actually. I love presenting and podcasting and because it it's just, it's just a bit of me. Like I'm just, if I can't talk or I can't move or I can't express myself, I find life quite difficult. So it's interesting I've made it so far as a model all these years because that's a very seen and don't be heard sort of job but yeah the community element it actually is what gets me up and doing it a lot of the time like particularly running I don't love running but I love running challenges people always ask me like do you just are you obsessed with running do you just wake up and I like, can't wait to get outside and like put your trainers on and pound the pavement I'm like absolutely not I can't think of anything worse how I managed to run a marathon I still don't know but what I love is those big events, these amazing race days where people come together from all walks of life to have this common goal. And on the sidelines, you've got people cheering, supporting, and, and it's absolutely beautiful. Like it's an incredible experience and, you know, five K's, 10 K's, cycle events, triathlons, all of them. I love those sort of spaces, but also running with people. I'm such a fan of running with friends, taking it at your own pace, having a good time, stopping for a little snack and a chat. You know, that for me is what it's all about. It's not all about like, how can I run as fast as possible to get the best body and the best time (laughs) if I was... I mean, for some people, that is the goal and absolutely you know, fantastic for them if that brings them joy. It doesn't bring me joy to put pressure on myself in that way. I love people. I love the community spirit. And sometimes you need it to lift you up because there are moments when you're like, I can't do this. I'm crap. I need to stop. I'm, I'm going to fail. And then there'll be someone either on the sidelines cheering you on screaming your name or your friends going come on you can do it I mean I've had so many friends over the years who have gotten me through tough my first half marathon that I ran I mean I really didn't think I could finish it and my friend was like one foot in front of the other sharifa, let's keep going and it's that it's that that you need because sometimes you do give up on yourself and um, it's okay to lean on other people to help you to keep going you know so, yeah, I love it. I'm so I'm so obsessed. <laughs> Bring me a run club any day. <laughs>
1: well, maybe we can go running one day. I'll be walking, but
0: yes. we can hold hands and then I'll get through it. I'll be walking too. I would love
1: that. <laughs> I think the thing is, it's like I'm trying to like soak up every bit of your wisdom because I think that you have the secrets. And I think like obviously we talked about the planning piece and the sort of self-accountability and the options and flexibility within, you know, your plan. But I love also that there's that sense of like you actually do get the joy that other people get from other social things within an exercise setting. That's the secret, isn't it? Because like you say, we love being around people. We love to engage and like form connections. And actually, it doesn't always have to be about going out drinking or even like going to the cinema or something. It can be a run or a really fun class or like, I mean, on here, we've, we've sort of spoken to people who um, dance. That's an amazing community thing to do. And like, how much fun is that? but
0: that's a really valid form of exercise. Absolutely. And like roller skating class. I I love like, you know, the roller discos you can go to if 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 you like any of that. It's a great workout. I think as well, like the pandemic was so difficult and I know some people really thrived in lockdown. I wasn't one of those people that thrived in lockdown. I started to ebb away. My personality was like, I think I feel like I am all of the people that I've ever met because I love people. And I feel like we can learn so much from each other. And I really believe everyone has something in common. And so there's so much that can be gained from just getting out there and experiencing all different types of people from different communities and backgrounds. And you learn so much about yourself in that way. So being locked away in, I mean, I spent two years like pretty much alone in lockdown, a year and a half, wasn't it, in lockdown. And I was living alone. And I found that so difficult because you do sometimes just need need people so even just now the fact that we are out of lockdown and you can be around people you can like go on sweaty runs with them or go to workout classes I feel like if you're the type of person that missed that embrace it because you know hopefully we won't be in that situation again but it was gone for a while wasn't it and and now it's back, so enjoy it if you can.
1: It's like gratitude, isn't it, as well, for like what we've got back, I think. How does exercise feel for you now? So when you've completed something, at the end of a class or a run, how do you physically feel? Tired. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, do you get like a buzz? Yeah. So is there like a a sort of dopamine hit? Is there an endorphin rush? Is there a buzz? Or is it more just the satisfaction of having moved and knowing that you've done like a great thing for your body and your health?
0: I think it's all of the above, to be honest. I mean, I think it's easy. Being comfortable is easy. Not doing the thing is easy, but actually it's also hard. So you know that sometimes the thing you don't want to do is get up and move your body. But sometimes it's actually the best thing for you. And it feels like, okay, if I sit here and just watch one more episode of like Love Island or whatever, or, you know, let Netflix just keep going because it will until, (laughs) until you tell it to stop. If I just let Netflix keep going, then, okay, I'm going to be comfortable. Maybe I can have some more crisps. (laughs) Maybe I can, you know, like be on my Instagram scrolling. But, that's the easy thing, but the slightly harder thing is to get up and do it. But actually you sort of realize, no, it, it feels worse when you don't do the thing. It's sometimes harder to do the thing that feels easier. <laughs> That's what I mean. So the feeling is, I believe that like movement, doing all the boring things we were told to do as kids, like eat, you know eat vegetables and move your body. For me, it's a real form of like self-love and self-care. Also, going out and drinking with your day drinking with your friends is a form of self love and self care on occasion. I believe life is for living, and everything you can't just eat broccoli or for the rest of your life and run marathons, so there has to be a balance. But sometimes that really is what your body needs. So, I think when I've achieved that, I'm like, okay, yes, I am, I respect myself, I am. You know, taking on a form of self care that my body needs, and it's sort of a gratitude. A thank, I thank myself for it because I know that it helps me as a person that has ADHD that has loads of energy, a person that struggles with anxiety as well. And I'm currently on a medication for anxiety and depression as well as my ADHD medication. I know that that is what I need to feel better. So, I guess the feeling is like. Well done, me, for t- to making steps in the right direction. I guess.
1: Also, I think, like, I'm just in awe that that you've had that tenacity as well to to try all the different things. Because I think. Like I recently I did a I've got a non uh, branded <laughs> exercise bike in my living room, which is another thing where I've been like, yes, this is going to be the secret and I'm going to love it. And it's going to be amazing because I can do it at home and da da da. And no, it just hasn't happened. It's been there since December and I've used it three times. And then the other day I tried a class which was set to Barbara Streisand music and I was like this yeah now I'm living now I've got it like I felt incredible and I didn't notice that I was moving almost you know what I mean because I was just so in like some sort of joyful bubble of and glory that it was all fine and I think you don't just know that do you by reading someone's tips or hearing someone's experience you need to just get in there yourself and like leave no stone unturned until you find the thing that gives you that buzz right Absolutely,
0: and also what you said about the music. I think there's some science in that. Like moving to music is it's like a twenty percent less. This could be absolute lies, but I think it's right. <laughs> it's a twenty percent less, twenty percent less perceived effort when you're moving to uh, music that you love or music that's like keeping you going. It, it literally makes it easier. So you'll just pay attention to the music and. That is, is honestly such a good hack. So if you're ever just like, oh, I really don't want to do this, find a playlist that you love and at least you'll be enjoying the music <laughs> and it will make it a lot easier.
1: And that's that's it, isn't it? There's that, the secret, guys. It's like finding a way to make exercise or sport or any kind of movement. I think exercise can almost be too weighty a word, can't it? Because it kind of infers like a certain amount of effort, but just something that uses movement in a way that that brings you joy and vitality and energy is is the secret and obviously color coded calendars
0: yes color coded calendars they are with emojis if you can add emojis oh. wow it is honestly it's a life changer and if you've got an iPhone calendar i'd recommend any attachments any like travel tickets you can you can attach them to each individual Event, do the color coding, do a little emoji. So if you're going on a holiday, it's going to be a little plain emoji sunglasses emoji and it'll say holiday then it will be in a color then you can add your tickets your covid pass everything in there put an alert on it so you know it's coming up you don't miss anything and once you can get into that it's for me my my life is incredibly busy and stressful I'm always traveling got loads of different things to do I have a full-time job but I don't have a nine-to-five job so I'm always all over the place it has absolutely saved me managing things like that even my personal life everything is 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 color coded and in my calendar so get yourself a color coded calendar
1: <laughs> you are my ADHD queen i swear yeah the color coding and i'm going to i'm now going to be trying way more crazy ideas around exercise and sport and not just thinking that i have to force myself on a run thank you so much sharifa i can't tell you how lovely it's been to talk to you and hear your lived experience of adhd and to have such like hope and joy and energy in in what you know the future can look like for any of us who have struggled in the past with exercise and movement thank you so much
0: thank you for having me it's been such a pleasure yay
1: we now turn to an expert Now I feel very lucky to welcome Dr Jo Steer to the podcast. She is a chartered clinical psychologist working with children in Surrey and the author of Understanding ADHD in Girls and Women, which has become my Bible. Is it my ADHD when I don't get the endorphin rush from exercise everyone talks about?
2: So when we exercise, our body releases um, chemicals that are called endorphins and these make us feel good and they can also be a natural pain reliever. But it doesn't work that way for everybody and I think it's an interesting point really that perhaps some people with ADHD don't get that endorphin rush in the same way and it might be that that's because of the actual sport that you've picked isn't perhaps the sport for you and then you're not getting those feel-good chemicals it's it's not making you feel good in fact it's making you feel awful and sweaty and horrible and you're just not enjoying it there are other ways to get endorphin rushes that are away from exercise so actually if you've got something else you're really passionate about and that could be anything really, then you might get that endorphin rush from something else, not not from exercise. It doesn't have to be exercise that you do, but we, I suppose as a society, we are cued into exercise makes us feel good. We need to do this. But also with ADHD, there's often a lot of press around, Or if you do exercise, then it will help with your symptoms of restlessness. Because actually when we exercise, we also, our bodies produce dopamine, which helps us with our attention and focus. So it can have a positive effect, but not for everyone. And it is about picking something you enjoy, isn't it?
1: Like eating cheese on the sofa
2: exactly maybe that's where you get your endorphin rush from
1: <laughs> facts okay that's endorsed now thank you <laughs> thank you so much for joining me and this community of amazing people we'd love it if you could follow is it my adhd wherever you get your podcast from and now i'd love to hear from you what other perspectives would you like to see explored in future episodes find me on instagram at is it my adhd to continue the conversation.